0: Hey guys, it's Wyatt, the host of the podcast. This is largely a test episode, but I figured I would release it anyways as kind of a preview. I have already addressed the things I don't like about how this one turned out, and the next one will be much improved. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to The Future Last Week, where we learn about cool things happening or going to happen last week. I'm your host Wyatt, and it was week 19 of 2021. So, our first story last week Starship finally has an orbital flight planned. I've been waiting for this forever. I'm a big, big space buff, and that's kind of translated into an intense interest in rocketry specifically. And so, naturally, I'm going to be paying attention a lot to SpaceX, specifically their Starship development program. If you haven't heard of Starship, just think about a big, big, stainless steel grain silo with a shit ton of engines strapped to the bottom of it. It looks like something straight out of a Pulp Fiction magazine. One of those old 30s, 40s, 50s uh, rocket designs where it's just a stainless steel rod, essentially, with some wings attached to it. But this is modern day. It's real. It's currently uh, going through test regimes, in fact, uh, I think it was May 5th, that they launched serial number 15, which would have been their 15th prototype, although actually skipped a few, so I'm not certain exactly what the number is, but what it does is it launches, it goes up to 10, 12 kilometers, something like that, it falls on its side, And it belly flops using these wings that are on the side and adjusting them to keep itself horizontal. And then once it gets close to the ground, it folds up the bottom wings, the bottom swings out, it lights its engines, and then it lands. And yeah, that's super duper cool, but what's the whole point of that? Well, the point is, is they need to be able to reuse the rocket. Because if you can't reuse the rocket, you can't build a colony on Mars, which is basically SpaceX's entire thing you need to be able to reuse the rockets. Otherwise, it would be insanely expensive to do anything. For example, the Delta IV Heavy. That was $400 million. And you could only launch it once. You put the payload on top, it brings it to space. Everything else falls in the ocean and burns up in the atmosphere. Or, in some cases, is still orbiting the Earth. Imagine if every time... They took off on a plane and they got to where they're going and they landed it. They just threw it away and then they built a whole new plane so you could get back. Imagine how expensive a ticket would be. Right now, a ticket's probably 200 bucks, depending on where you're going, maybe as much as $500. But it's only that much because they can keep using the plane. The plane doesn't cease working after the first use which is not the same with rockets. A lot of these rockets are designed to be expendable, meaning that they just throw them away because it's hard to reuse rockets. Now, SpaceX has kind of turned this on his head and say, hey, we want to be able to have decent access to space. We need to be able to reuse these rockets because otherwise it's going to be prohibitively expensive. And the whole thing with Starship, including that example that I had earlier of the $400 million Delta Four Heavy, is that the operational cost for it is going to be something like $5 million. They're going to launch it for $5 million. That's the target price, at least. I'm sure it'll start out at like $50 million or something similar to Falcon 9. But the rocket itself has got to cost a lot more than that. And the only reason they can do that is because they're going to be reusing it. So that's a little bit of background on the Starship platform. It's going to be this big reusable rocket that's really pushing technological boundaries and it's very impressive and it's super cool to see. So they've gotten to the point in this development program where they're gonna start going for orbital flights. They're actually gonna be putting these things up in space. Now, Starship is both the name of the whole system and the second stage, which is a bit confusing. But essentially Starship, the second stage, which would be the actual vehicle that payload is in the astronauts would be in, etc. Launches on this thing called Super Heavy, which would just be like a very, very tall stainless steel Falcon 9. Um, and that's going to have a lot of engines on it so that it can get this big, heavy Starship into orbit. And I think the orbital capabilities are going to be something like a hundred tons to low Earth orbit, which is insane. That would be at a five million dollar price tag. That'd be twenty five dollars for a pound which sounds like a lot, but in rocketry, that is unbelievably cheap. That is so cheap. There are so many things that you can put in space for that price that would have been insanely expensive before. You can build big space stations. You can build moon colonies. You can build Mars colonies. With that kind of payload capability, you could bring decent-sized, perhaps even rovers to some of the outer planets, like uh, some of the, the the moon Io or Pluto or some of these things in the Kuiper Belt. Now, to give you some details on the planned orbital flight, um, quite a while back, Elon Musk posted on his Twitter that they were going to be trying for an early July launch. Now, that is w- a wild timeline, considering that they have not started building the booster that it's going to be flying on, and they only have a few components for the actual Starship itself that's going to be flying to space. Of course, if you're a SpaceX fan, you know of this thing called Elon time, and I think that 100% applies here. If you're not aware with Elon time, think of it as Elon Musk gives you a date that something's going to happen, and add 30%, and that's probably when it's actually going to happen. If he says... 10 months it's going to be 13 months if he says 20 months it's going to be 26 months if he says 2 years it could be 4 years It's he's very very optimistic with his timelines I think it's certainly possible that there will be a flight this year, Orbital and as well as they also have an FCC filing for the radio, radio communications starting in late June so, they're already getting the approvals for this flight. So, we really could see it in July if everything goes according to plan, which it rarely ever does. But uh, I think this is gonna be wild. To give you a little bit about the flight profile, it's gonna be launching from Boca Chica, Texas on a super heavy booster. It's going to make it into space. About 170 seconds into flight, the booster is gonna separate turn around, burn back, and it's going to do a soft water landing in the Gulf of Mexico. And the starship is going to keep going on its merry way at an orbital velocity of something like, uh, I think it was six kilometers a second, something like that. And it's going to land something like 62 miles northwest of Kauai, um, which I think is an island in Hawaii. So it's not actually going to do a full orbit. It's going to be launching from Texas, and it's going to make it to Hawaii. Um, so it will technically be suborbital, but it will be reaching very close to orbital velocities. And the whole reason that they're doing this is to test the heat shields. Because if the heat shields don't work and the thing blows up in the atmosphere, you got a pretty useless rocket. So that's what's coming down the pipeline for SpaceX. Uh, I'm super excited for them. I can't wait to see this orbital test flight. I've been following all of the other test flights of the starship platform and it's been incredibly exciting and i can't wait now this next one is something that i've wanted to know for quite a long time and that's why exactly do we have such weird dreams sometimes sometimes you have wild dreams that don't make any sense have nothing to do with your life One time I dreamed I was standing on a big black marble floor that stretched in every direction for infinity. It was raining goldfish crackers and I got struck by lightning. Obviously that has nothing to do with what happens in reality, but you know, we never really understand like, what's the point of those dreams? Because typically dreams have something to do with our brains kind of telling us like, hey... Maybe you should do something about this. Maybe you're doing this wrong. Hey, maybe you should do this. So this guy named Eric Howell, who's a research assistant at Tufts University, thinks he's kind of cracked the case on this. And how he's doing that is he's relating AI to the human brain, specifically neural networks. And neural networks are somewhat based on the human brain, so it's not exactly an unreasonable assumption to make. Now, what they have to do with these neural networks is they throw data at them in an effort to get them to train to do a specific task. So let's say I wanted to come up with an AI that could tell a difference between cars and motorcycles. Well, I would have to feed it thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of images of cars and motorcycles until eventually it'd be able to tell the difference. The problem is that sometimes they kind of get too attuned to the data. And they start recognizing incorrect things as, you know, cars or motorcycles. They'll throw anomalous data at it and it'll be like, yeah, we can fit that in. We'll figure it out. And then it starts to kind of corrupt what it thinks is a car and a motorcycle. So what they have to do every once in a while is they have to throw it a curveball and throw some anomalous data at it, some crazy, just chaos. And it kind of keeps the AI on its toes a little bit and keeps it guessing and keeps it somewhat accurate. And so he's figuring that he can relate this to human beings. During the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of people were essentially locked in their houses because of lockdowns throughout the country. And their dreams started getting pretty surreal and intense. And the theory with that is that their brains are coming up with these really weird dreams in order to stimulate them from the monotony of the day to day of, you know, nothing's changing because all I do is I, I stay at home, I go to the grocery store, I come back and I don't really do much. So the theory with those weird dreams is that your brain is bored. It needs stimulation. Um, You could end up becoming too attuned to that uh, monotony and essentially kind of go crazy. And so those dreams, those crazy dreams specifically, are very necessary. Now, I think this is a super interesting hypothesis. And it also kind of makes me look back and I'm like, well, how come I had those weird dreams at that specific time? Well, maybe I was, you know, I was going through a long period of time where my brain wasn't getting a lot of stimulation. Maybe I was just going to school, going to work, going to school, going to work, and never really doing anything different. And so your brain has these wild dreams to kind of take you out of the monotony. I think this is a super cool hypothesis. I think it makes a lot of sense. I totally see how this could be the case. Um, And it also kind of explains why dreams even really exist in the first place. To stimulate the brain to process information and all that stuff. I think this is super cool. There's a lot of theories out there as to why we have weird dreams like that and why we even dream at all. And I personally can't wait until they figure out some of this deeper meaning stuff. Thank you for listening to The Future Last Week, and I'll catch you guys next time, where we will talk about this week, next week. Have a good one.